Super. Well, it is, as we said earlier, the start of a new academic year. So I'm sure for lots of us who have been perhaps through the English school system, we feel this perhaps is more of a new year than January. Anyone else like that? I feel like September to August is the years in which we tend to work. And so this is a fresh year, a new opportunity. And I wonder how you are feeling about the new term and the year ahead. I wonder. I'm sure for some of us, it's a new season. We've heard already some people starting new schools. We've got people starting new jobs, um, perhaps children starting nursery, all sorts of new things. Or perhaps for some of us, we're going back to old routines. Um, So going back to the things that we were doing before the summer break or through the summer break. I'm sorry if you didn't get any time off. (laughs) You're you're here too. So for some reason, um, it feels a bit, I think, overwhelming looking at the term ahead of us. Now, some of us might like routine. Perhaps we like getting back to routine. But for some of us, it might feel overwhelming. And so if I am completely honest, I think for me and Jacob, my husband, he's just started a new primary school teaching role uh, this last week. So this last week has just felt really busy and really full on. So we've probably found it more on the overwhelming side. And what's interesting is actually all of these starting back, uh, jobs starting back, we do a lot of evening commitments, so working out them, uh, what time we need to get up, all those sorts of things. It wasn't a shock. Um, We anticipated it because the week before term, uh, I think clearly we were a bit worried about it, but we channeled our anxiety into meal preparation. We prepped loads of meals just in case we didn't have time to cook. Uh, We worked out how we could gradually move our alarm clocks forward. Uh, We worked out the logistics of how we fit things in the evenings, who would be back at which time, who could cook when, that sort of thing. So we got ready for the term. And as we're getting ready, I think the stress of it uh, made us probably feel a bit ill. And then we remembered last autumn term, which was really full on, and by the end of the term, me and Jacob took it in turns, don't know if you remember, to be ill quite a lot, because we were tired and quite run down. And so we thought, we do not have time this term for that. We do not want to be ill. So we went to Holland and Barrett, we bought loads of vitamins. (laughs) Um, So we bought vitamins, we bought this weird green like powder you can put in a drink, and apparently it boosts your immune system. We started taking it, we're like, we've got to make all our commitments this term. And so you can see the anxious spiral of thought that was going on for both of us. We were overwhelmed by the looming busyness of the term and the year ahead. And so for me, in that moment, busyness became the enemy of peace. And I think that's quite a helpful sentence to think about. I think there's lots of ways, as I thought about this, you could finish that sentence. Busyness is the enemy of joy. Busyness is the enemy of focus. Busyness is the enemy of having time to do kind things for others. So busyness can become the enemy of love. And when you think, yeah, there's loads of things, I'm sure in your own minds, you're thinking lots of ways. Particularly if you think of the fruit of the Spirit, lots of them work as an enemy of busyness, which is interesting. So let's talk about busyness for a moment kind of a bit of a, I get a reaction to the word, but I think it's important to focus on it before we move into terms. So who here feels busy? Let's see a show of hands. Who here feels like they're quite busy? Quite a few people. Yeah, quite a lot of us. Some of us not, some of us busy. I think the new year is a really good time because it is a time when we can think about the year ahead and how it can be better than last year. It's a good reflecting moment. 
But if we're not careful, we can go so fast that we miss that moment to reflect and to evaluate what is important to us. We can be so busy sometimes that we miss the most important things. And we don't even have a chance to notice our priorities are in the wrong place because we are so busy. And we hear it in our everyday lives, even if we don't feel so busy, when we ask someone, how are you, often the reply is, I do it, I go, I'm so busy, I'm busy today. Um, We quite like to stand there and go, let me tell you how busy I am and all the things that I have done. And I think that might be a cultural issue. I think sometimes in our culture, in counties like Surrey, we're so busy and we do sometimes risk wearing our busyness as a badge of honour. Um, so I want to actually take the moment today to reevaluate and think about our priority. So, what are the things that we are doing? What is it that we're busy with? And are those things worth the time that we are giving them? Are they what we're supposed to be doing? And are we using our time on what God values or on who God values? And so in the parable of the banquet, we hear about a man, wonderfully played by Roddy, who is organizing this wonderful party. He gets the party ready. He prepares all the food. He's excited for the guests to come along. But when the servant goes out to get them to come along to it, they will make excuses, a bit like Joe this morning. And their excuses, mixture, but I need to go and look at a field. It's a bit of a weird excuse, isn't it? I need to go and look at my cow. It's, it's a bit strange. And they had their commitment they made to the party. Suddenly, something came, else came along, and their priorities changed. And they were like, actually, I've got to do this other thing instead. And as I was preparing for this talk, I listened to a few podcasts and stuff on busyness. I was listening to uh, one by Joyce May, and she said a really challenging quote, which I think fits in well here. She said, today in our society, we have got an epidemic of people not keeping their word. If your excuse for not keeping your word is, I'm busy, then you need to rework your schedule. So committing to things is important because time itself is one of the most precious gifts we have. I'm sure we'd all agree that. The time we have is such a valuable thing and a gift from God. So however long people live for, we have 24 hours in our day. Life is a gift from God and every day we have that gift It's precious, and so we need to think about how we use that time. And when we give the gift of time to someone else, so the master of the banquet, he prepared the feast, he was ready to spend time with others, how rude it was of them to not show up to it. And we need to learn God's rhythm so we can discern and sense what it is we need to do and what it is we don't. And we want to put our time into showing up to what is really important to us. Because if something is really important to us, we'll find the time to do it. And I think more than that, uh, I recommend putting your time not just into something, but someone, the one, which is Jesus. Because when someone is really important to you, you will find time to be with them. And he says in this parable at the beginning, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. So blessed is the one who puts me first. Spend time with Jesus and start putting first things first because when you put first things first, everything else will soon fall into place after that. 
Um, something happened a few years ago that we don't really like to talk about, um, but there was a pandemic, wasn't there? We all lived through it. <laughs> uh, that was a couple of years ago, and there were lots of things about the pandemic season which were hard, um, but if you're going to look for a positive thing for some people, I think the silver lining was we did get a little bit more time, suddenly. We had a lot more time, uh, perhaps in our homes, time to perhaps pick up hobbies again. Uh, almost it felt like we had too much time that we just wanted to go out and use it, but we had all this time. But then gradually, as things started to come back, for me, it almost felt like time was just being taken away from me, and it was out of my control. I had no control over suddenly what I did with my time as things started popping back up, and you felt you had to be there. And I think, again, thinking about our culture, I think somewhere we've got a little bit confused and thought that something is equal to busyness, and I don't think it is. So um, I don't think busyness is in any way... I don't think it translates to or means in any way um, that I'm important. And I think sometimes we sometimes muddle those two things. And so I think the people in the parable perhaps were like, don't you know how important I am? I've got to be looking at my field. Don't you know how important I am? I've just got married. I agreed to be there, but actually what is my priority is the most important thing. And so they didn't follow through. And so I think actually what their excuses can mean or what for us busyness can mean is that we actually are almost sometimes people pleasers and we don't know how to say no to things. Or it can mean we've taken on too much and it's all more important than time with God if that is the thing that is being compromised because of all the things that we're doing. Uh, I was thinking back to when I was a child... (laughs) just nostalgia, remembering those days in my family. I grew up, I was very blessed, I grew up in a Christian household, my mum was a Christian, and uh, so faith was part of our life, Uh, so I knew God from a young age, and I just remember when I was younger, there were certain things that were kind of not movable faith-wise to do with our time. So we were really into dance, we loved dancing, Um, we danced most days of the week, we competed, we loved it, Um, but if a dance rehearsal came up on a Sunday morning, we didn't go, and that was just something in our house, that was the boundary for us. Um, And at the time it was a bit hard because I loved dance, but I think the message, and I'm really grateful for it now my mum was trying to teach us, was that we love dance and you can do it loads, but also we love Jesus more, and so we're going to prioritise spending time with him and our church family with our time, and we're also going to use that as a witness to others. And the same thing with Halloween parties and various things like that, we didn't go. And I actually think looking back, perhaps my friends, they actually came to learn that we didn't do things then, which was interesting. And I think they came to respect a bit that if they asked us for something then, we wouldn't go. And so in its own way, our no became a bit of a witness to others. And I think that's interesting because I think sometimes we feel like we want to say yes to everything. But I think sometimes our no can be a bit more of a witness to God. But also, there are things which it's good to show up for. Um, So putting our feet where our faith is. Because when we come, for example, when we come to church, we're not just coming for ourselves. A while back, some of our team were able to go to some training by Jackie Pullinger. And she talked all about how when you bring yourself to church, you're not coming just for yourself. You're coming to spend time with God. But actually, every single person in the room brings a gift that they want to bless someone else with. And so our question before showing up to church should be, God, how can I bless someone else today? What is it you want me to do for someone else to help them in their faith so again I think sometimes like the people in the parable who didn't come along to the party not coming up had an effect on other people what they could have brought to it they weren't able to because they weren't there so there is a real power in coming along
And I also think we can say that Jesus is our number one. But if we don't show that in our time, I think people are going to know. I think they're going to suss us out. (laughs) Um, And I think if we don't show our priority of Jesus in our time, we probably add to that kind of consumerist, convenient Christianity, which isn't real Christianity. It's not the most important thing. So we really need to be prioritizing Jesus. And I'm going to look at this last bit of the parable because this is a really important bit. So it says, the servant came back, acted by Harry very well, came back to the master and reported to him. And he, the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And the servant did. He went and he said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. And so the master told him, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. He says to go out, invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and lame, and to go out to the roads, compel them to come in and the banquet will be full. But of whom? Not those who originally had the invitation, not the people originally who we'd see as important, but actually the people on the streets and alleys who had time and actually knew that was an important place for them to be. So this parable shows us that the main thing is being there in the party, which represents the kingdom of God, being part of God's family, accepting that invitation, and then going out, going out to the alleys and going out and telling other people so they can accept the invitation to the party as well. So I wonder for us what going out to the alleys means. Who are those people for us? Who is it that God wants us to reach? Because it wasn't the people in the story who you'd expect the master to have along. So perhaps it's that person you find challenging, and perhaps it's a person you find difficult, but actually it's learning to see with that Holy Spirit lens of who God values and inviting them in. And then the end of the parable says, I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. So if we don't make Jesus front and center, we're not part of the banquet. So it's a bit of a scary message, (laughs) but I actually think it's really important as we look at this term. I've got a visual to help because this really helped me because I feel worried when I think about having to add lots of things in to a busy schedule, but I have got this little visual which I found helpful. You might have seen this before. Um, I've seen it a few times before, but I really liked it, so I wanted to do it this morning. So I have got here a jug, and this jug represents our time. The jug is our time. And in the jug, I have filled up here, you've got sand in the bottom. Now, the sand in the jug represents all the little interruptions, all the inconveniences of a day. So like the beep and the text message, uh, the unexpected invitations that come up, uh, the distractions, forgetting you don't have any milk, all those things. That's the sand at the bottom, the inconveniences. And then on top of that, um, I've got some rocks. So some slightly bigger rocks. These represent uh, the important things in our life. So these are the things that if we don't do them, there is going to be a consequence. And it's a reasonable consequence. So our jobs. Obviously, we have to do our jobs. Uh, We have to look after children. Um, Lots of things. It might be, you know, we care for other people around us. We have to get an exam done. So these are the things, if we don't do them, have a consequence. So they're important. And then I've got here my big rock. (laughs) You can guess what this one is. Um, This is time with God. This represents 
our salvation being with Jesus in the party in heaven and knowing that only by his name we can be saved. So this is our real priority, which means that none of these other things are going to mean anything if we can't be at that party on that day. Because I think when we come face to face with God in heaven, he's not going to be interested in who had the busiest, most important schedule. He's going to think, did you spend time with me? So I have an issue with this rock because I can't fit it in my jug. It sticks out the top. I don't have time. So luckily, I've got another jug. (laughs) And in this jug, I'm going to put the big rock in first because putting it in first, this is like a gospel response, right? This is going, I'm going to make Jesus my main priority. So I'm going to put that in first. And then I've weighed all this out because I was worried it would stick together because it's hot. But this is the same amount of little, I've got the other rocks. So these are the important things. They've got to go into my time. So I'm going to pop them in there. Um, They go into, so that is going to be things that I need to get done. But they're not the biggest priority. They're what comes next. And then I have got, again, my 900 millilitres of sand. So I'm going to pour it in already. I really hope this works. (laughs) There we go. And hopefully, oh, there we go. Easy, easily fits. There we are. And so you can see, because the sand filters down, it all fits in the time. And I find sometimes when, I know a little while ago, I was feeling quite stressed and I started spending longer time with God in the morning. And I thought, I'm going to be, how am I going to maintain doing this? But I just found when I did it, magically I got things done. And then I realized I don't think this is magic. Actually, I think it's just I have the creator of the universe on my side helping me get everything done because I have given time to him first. And so I hope that's helpful for you this morning as we think. We're going to have a song. and During this song, I'd like you to think about this term ahead and how, through all things, we can prioritize God with our time. And I did come up with a little response, uh, which I thought might be helpful. I wonder if we could all just look at our feet for a moment. It's quite a hot day, so a lot less people are wearing trainers um, than I perhaps anticipated, or shoes with laces. But if we look at our feet, these are going to be what carry us through the next year, right? So our feet, we're going to look down. They're going to take us places. So that's what they represent. And so as we go through our busy schedules, are we going to prioritize and weave Jesus into all the things we do and into where we are? And just like a lace is woven into the shoe, we want to weave Jesus into all areas of our schedule. So what I have is a bowl, forgotten it, it's over here, which has lots of laces in (laughs) Because it's nice to have something physical, I think. For me, I find it helpful as a reminder into my week. So I've got lots of laces. And just during this song, if you feel like I want to show physically a response to I want to prioritize Jesus with my time this next academic year, you can come up, grab a lace, and perhaps tie it around your wrist or tie it around your ankle, wherever you want to tie it. Get your neighbor to help you. And you can tie it and take it out just as a reminder, I want to weave Jesus into all the places I go across this next term and academic year. Okay.